You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And you can email us at LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us this Sunday during the Rays-Blue Jays game to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Well, Ulysses, uh, last night's game uh, gave me nightmares of some of those old Rays Blue Jays contests. Nine to eight. There's something about that score. Eight to nine, nine to eight. Of course, it did not work out in the Rays' favor. We were looking for that perfect road trip, that perfect six and zero, oh, and the Rays absolutely, absolutely had an opportunity to do that, especially considering that they were up four to nothing after the first inning, but uh, the, the Royals give credit to them for stealing one and, and playing some great situational baseball towards the end, but uh, a little bit of a head scratcher there for, for the race. It was a gut wrenching loss. That's I can tell you. And as soon as the ninth inning started and you see Diego kind of pulling his pitches Inking every single high. pitch pretty much. Yes. Yeah. And Zunino just having to do great. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you wanted to see uh, the, the value in Zunino go, go watch that on, on films on, on film room. That was, that was impressive, but ultimately he couldn't get one and, and then it all unfolded from there. But yeah, gut wrenching, and, and 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 when these victories happen on the race side, you're elated. It's magical, obviously, and 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 mm-hmm. Royals fans are obviously feeling that. But on the other side, you you gotta look and, and dissect what went wrong because it wasn't the offense. The offense did their job. What went wrong was the starting pitching uh, the problem? No, I will take five and two thirds of three run ball from Michael Walker every day. If there's a contract out there that I could sign and say every, every single outing, Michael Walker will be giving me five and two thirds and only allowing yeah. three runs. Sure. I'll take he it. Exited, I'll take- yeah. He exited the game with a lead for the Rays. That's really all you can ask for Michael Walker. Exactly. Yeah. He's susceptible to the long ball. That's going to happen. He probably, there was a chance that maybe if it was like five degrees warmer, he gives up another two there, but that line is, that's what you're expecting. That's all you can ask for, especially with what the offense provided. Exactly. That's it. That's, that's the last point, Kevin, with the offense that, that was provided by the race, you couldn't ask for more. So then you have to talk about then the bullpen or, or, or the defense. This is not the same 2020 bullpen. This is, this is, this is something else. We, we got to acknowledge that it's, it's not the same shutdown operation that, that we've been getting used to since probably 20 late 2018. Uh, I, I would say <sighs> Springs, I think is going to get a bad rap here, but I don't think he should. I, I, that inning would have come or finished at least way differently. If Willie Adamas 
makes that play to begin the inning. I understand that it was a 99.5 mile an hour exit velocity. It's a hard hit ball, but go look at the footage. Willie Adams didn't have to move a centimeter. Okay. It was hit right to him. It ate him up. He let the ball play into him instead of actually just keeping it in front of him. I understand hard hit ball and everything, but again, we've, we've, we've built up Willie Adams's defensive reputation because he has shown that he can be that kind of guy at the shortstop position. This is, this is a play that you need to be, that needs to be made. And guess what? The scorekeepers called it a, a single look, everybody go look at film room, go look at that Benintendi single in the, in the seventh inning against Springs. If you guys think that's a hit, then we're watching different sports. That's an, yeah, hit. I, I don't know in what world that is a hit. Again, that's the hometown scorekeeper doing work there and trying to give helping Ben and Tendi out a little bit with what has been a uh, difficult career as of late for him. But uh, you wonder if maybe that ball was hit on the right side of second where Adamus is more comfortable. Maybe he makes that play as opposed to more of unfamiliar territory in the shift and left side, or if Brandon Lau was positioned there and he makes that play. But again, I agree with you. I don't think, yes, you look at Springs line and it is ugly and it unraveled from there, but it started because of something that you might think is just innocent that you can get out of. But again, that just puts all the more pressure on a guy like Jeffrey Springs, who he's not Nick Anderson. We have to acknowledge that. And, and that plays in, I mean, it's kind of like what happened with Brad Keller and, and how many other Royals pitchers over the course of the season or the series right. where, what Merrifield was messing up balls and, and kicking them and everything like that. It just, it puts undue pressure on Jeffrey Springs there. So yes, that is, that is the point there about the bullpen, like going and looking back at this game, Ulysses, if you were to put, what would you blame most on this loss? Do you blame it on Willie Adamas there? Do you blame it on Jeffrey Springs? Do you blame it on Ryan Thompson? Do you blame it on Diego Castillo? Or do you just credit the Royals for laying down two perfect bunts and having Gerard Dyson run for Michael Taylor and executing all of that perfectly small ball to the 10th degree? What, how, do you, how do you take that away from this game? Well, I, I think that the last one, I, because yes, I think there are things you can nitpick. Castillo didn't, wasn't very sharp. Again, Castillo has been sharp most of the season. Uh, Ryan Thompson, oh, he, he wasn't sharp. Well, that's the first home run he has let in this whole season. And Jeffrey Springs, he's been pretty locked down and has only gotten hit uh, or actually allowed an earned run twice. And that was in uh, yesterday and once with uh, against New York. So these guys have been relatively reliable. So they had a bad game all in the same one. That sucks. Right. But you have to give credit where credit is due. The Royals executed the ninth inning, eighth inning perfectly. I, I mean, whoever is listening to this and hates bunting and hates uh, stolen bases and, and thinks that it should just be all about home runs, you cannot tell me that the that small ball does not win games when we literally saw that yesterday. Yes. Small ball can work. It has worked for a hundred a uh, hundred years. It can still work. Just because we can value players differently using different metrics does not mean that the old time type of baseball 
is is not the right type of play to win. They won yeah. yesterday because they bunted. They won yesterday because they stole a bag. They, th- that's how they won, execution of small ball. Mm-hmm. You, you might even make an argument that small ball could work even more effectively in this day and age because other teams aren't affecting or aren't expecting that to happen. Who, who right. expects two bunts in a row in that situation and how often do teams practice it and get the reps? And you wonder there again, not to put it all on Castillo, but I mean, I got some Jose Alvarado vibes. Yeah. He's got great stuff, but he could, Oh my gosh. Like you mentioned for Mike Zanino to save as many pitches as he did, like it was yeah. I mean, a handful at least. And, and yeah. in the tight situation, the ninth inning, I mean, what else can you ask from Mike Zanino there in the ninth inning? Not, not none. I mean, I think he did his job again. He was wild, and but yeah. and the Royals capitalized on it. And you just wonder, I think, with the the safety squeeze there, that you know it's it's a bang bang play. But maybe if Diego handles that with his bare hand instead of his glove, and he tries to he tries to scoop throw it to Zanino, it's high, and he he doesn't really have an opportunity to make a tag in time. Maybe if that he bare hands it, throws it lower, more to his left side, then he makes a play on that. But again, at at the end of the day. It was a team losing effort and also give, like we say, give credit to the Kansas City Royals. On, on a positive note, at least the Rays, you know, clobber together eight runs. That's a good sign. I mean, oh, Joey Wendell continuing yeah. to be Joey Wendell. Getting a call here. That's always Is nice. that Joey Wendell? Uh, is that Joey I think Wendell it is calling Joey Wendell. I think it's Joey Wendell's wife or something, Colin, and, and giving us uh, kudos for constantly giving uh window credit there again look batting a cool 365 right now I, i'm gonna go out on a limb and say it. he he is going to finish the year with a plus 300 batting average i'm gonna put it out a hundred percent and you know what I'm, I'm doubling down on that right now he deserves an all-star nomination yeah he deserves to be in that all-star game and uh i just i i hate the fact that being a small market team sometimes you know you lose lose sight of what is happening in Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays fan. Joey Wendell is a guy that would be, put this guy in New York and Urshela is a nobody. Put this guy in in the Red Sox and he gets talked about as much as Rafael Devers. I mean, mean, let's be honest, put Joey Wendell in a big market and he is a, a, a guy that people cannot stop talking about. So I really hope that he keeps this trend up and, and, and gets that nomination because right now he is playing like an all-star. Absolutely. And it's one of those things too where, I mean, if he continues to play like he is, I mean, his arbitration figure, uh, I'd expect it to be double, if not triple, if he continues yes. the path that he's on. And it's just so impressive to see the plate coverage that he has. Uh, fastball high and in. Yeah, I'll do work with that. Fastball down and away, cutter down and away, wherever. I mean, he's, again, DJ LeMahieu esque with the plate coverage and not trying the to other do way. too much if the situation calls for it. Like if you look at his spray chart right now, it literally it looks like if we were just like throwing hundreds of darts at a dartboard <laughs> because it is literally all over the place, which is a very very good thing for him going forward with that. Not to mention what he does defensively. And let's remember too, it's not like we've known and we've talked about Joey Wendell for a while now, and he doesn't get the the cachet of, of Austin Meadows and Brandon Lau and maybe deservedly so, but I mean, he was, his rookie year was pretty darn good. I mean, mm-hmm. he, his last year was pretty darn good. He was a 290 hitter last year. He was a 300 hitter his rookie year. And I would expect him to be, yeah, like I think his BABIP is over 400. That's, that's probably not sustainable, but 
man, he is on a roll right now and you just hope it continues. Um, and you know, going forward with that and, and also some other good things with the offense, Brandon Lau, finally, mm-hmm. Mr. Streaky, Brandon Lau, you know, he's probably going to get a home run in like five straight games and then go over 25. You know, look, the, we the, need it. The next we, road we, stand or home stand or whatever. Look, if, if he's going to go off on a streak, uh, this would be the great time, a great time to do it. The, the race will be uh, home for 11 days. The, yeah. The, the season high. So get hot, get, get really hot. For the, for these eleven uh, games, and then and then keep it up though. But for these eleven games, you know we've seen some guys get super hot in the last few games. Uh, notwithstanding uh, Mejia, because he's been hitting the whole the, right. the whole season. But Zunino has been hot lately. Kiermaier has been hot. Brendan Lau has been getting hot. So if you can get the offense to really work out the the kinks that they were suffering in in the beginning of the season, things yeah. will improve. Team does things very well, and I think yeah. that's what happened yesterday. There were some flaws, but ultimately, you got to tip your cap. You got to go with the cliche there. Austin Meadows drawing walks and also uh, pulling fastballs with authority. That's nice to see as well. Okay, uh, Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Ulysses, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Uh, We're hosting rooms for Locked on Rays once a week. Yes, that means you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. So go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join our group for the latest league updates. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control uh, modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It just doesn't make any sense at all. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and remember to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you to the right place. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Okay, Ulysses, uh, this is something that we've been meaning to get to. Of course, the Rays have an off day today, so we'll uh, discuss their upcoming series versus the Blue Jays on Friday's show. But uh, the MLB doing more experimentation. They're in a lab just working up concoctions here. And they've got a couple more ideas and iterations and overhauls that they want to try out with their favorite guinea pig, which is the Independent Atlantic League. And a couple of the things that they are looking at are what's called a double hook DH and also moving the mound back by a foot. So we'll, we'll take these one by one. 
Okay. First off, let, let's get to the the double hook DH idea. And essentially, it's a rule that will be in place for the entirety of uh, this Atlantic League season. And under this new rule, a team will lose its designated hitter once the starting pitcher is pulled from the game. From that point, the team will need to either deploy a pinch hitter or allow a relief uh, pitcher to bat in what was the designated hitter spot. The overall idea is to incentivize teams to leave their starting pitchers in longer, increase the value of starters who can work deeper into games, and increase the strategic element in the late innings of a game. And again, this is something that doesn't necessarily mean it will be at the big league level, but at least they're thinking about it by having the Atlantic League do this. So Ulysses, what do you think about this double hook DH idea? I think it's interesting. I I, I don't hate it, you know, from the get-go. I think, uh, like I said, maybe last week, um, I understand trying to look for the market inefficiency. I understand trying to squeeze W's as much as you can, especially with the payroll that you have uh, as you're the Tampa Bay Rays and the opener and all that you can take care of your pitchers and the bulk guys. I understand that. And and I like the ingenuity and the creativity. I still miss seeing a starting pitcher wearing a Ray shirt, Ray's jersey, pitch seven innings, pitch seven and a third. I miss that. I, I, so this, if it does what it's intended to do, which like you said, is going to be uh, a benefit for, for, for teams to leave their starting pitcher. Sure. I, 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 I dig it. However, I am sure that there are going to be unintended consequences from this. Uh, what, what do you do with openers? Do you just put your DH as your Brent Honeywell? And then, uh, and then uh, get your, 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 guy, your guy to, to be a pinch hitter. Does that going, how is your bench going to be built in that case? Uh, do you then reduce the number of bullpen? Which, honestly, if it, if that could be an intended consequence because of it. If you have more guys having more, more innings being covered, then you don't need you know, the specialists and the three, four, five, six guys in the bullpen. You might only need three or so. Right. So, or is, the, is it all going to be creating a two-way sensation now? Everybody's going to be a two-way. You're going to have a lot of uh, Jake Cronenworths that can, you know, pitch an inning, but can also uh, participate in, in, in the offensive part of the game. I don't hate it, but I think there's going to be a lot of wrinkles to, to, to find out. And what better way to find out than in the, in the Atlantic League first? Yeah, it, it's funny because, look, I'd rather have this than not having a DH in the National League at all. I think it's finally time to uh, come up and say, okay, it's it's time to stop having pitchers hit unless it's a Zach Ranke type, unless it's a guy that can yeah. legitimately even hit then. for sure. Yeah, even then it's it's kind of a, a, a gamble. But you wonder, this is almost like an anti-raise rule. If you yes. are trying to discourage openers and tandem starters and, okay, we're only going to have – our starting pitcher work two times through the order or four innings or five innings, and then use six bullpen guys from there. Although I wonder like how much really this does outside of the opener, outside of the opener. So say it's like a Michael Walker situation. We're only going to use you for right. four innings, five innings, whatever it may be. I mean, if you have three or four bench spots, I feel like you can get around this rule. Right. I mean, you'd have to use your bench guys at every day, so to speak, but 
And, and the other but, thing too, that I, I don't, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I kind of have to, you know, side with what Jason Stark um, said on the athletic uh, about this. It's, you know, if, if you're losing four zero in the third inning or, or whatever it is like the Royals and, and you got to take out your, your, mm-hmm. your, your pitcher. Cause you know, he's got nothing, right. He's got nothing in the tank. It's a third inning right. and you're losing four five zero. So now you're also going to be losing the possibly the big bopper in your lineup, the DH, because the guy didn't have it that. So now you you're putting that team on behind the eight ball is not even saying it. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I think a little at bit that point, you're tricky. basically losing the, the game yeah. at that point. Like I feel like we're just cl- getting closer and closer to seven inning games in the mercy rule. It's going to happen at some point. I, I guarantee it's, it with it that. Smells. It, the, yeah, the other smells thing like that. that I have, like, um, you know, there's this talk and it kind of ties into moving the bound, the, uh, the mound back, which we'll get to, but you're trying to curb the dominance of, of pitchers and trying to curb strikeouts and, oh, pitchers are just too good. We, hitters can't hit anymore. Um, like, I, I feel like you can solve a lot of that by just the universal DH. At least that gives teams a little bit more of a fighting chance, I would think anyway, with that yeah, as opposed to... What kind of guy is the DH? Uh, usually it's the big bopper and the big bopper usually is going to strike out. So you're not really well, helping to strike. Not going to strike out as much there. as a pitcher batting, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I mean, the when thing. You have, like when you, when you have Tyler, a pitcher, Glassnell, a pitcher never puts a, a ball in play. Yeah, a yeah. pitcher never puts a ball in play, and right. it's kind of up to this discretion. And if a, a team is smart about it, they will use. Maybe you use a Joey Wendell type as a DH. Maybe you you rotate it around and use it as kind of a, a rest day, but still get a good hitter in the lineup. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a power hitting guy in that DH spot. And you said on the bait, how that could affect the bench. That could also mean your guys better be really good pinch hitting guys. I mean, you, you can't have yeah. a guy. I wouldn't have a Yoshi Sutsugo on the bench with this rule. I'm just not going to have, I'm not, I'm not going to have that. I might have a Joey Wendell. Right. I, 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 you're going to maybe see that trend into contact guys uh, that can put the ball in play and, and, and be pinch hitters in that situation. Because if you're going to be using them throughout, you know, as soon yeah. as you lose the, the starting pitcher, you're going to need guys readily available to hit. Uh, and at least, I mean, you kind of touched on this, but I mean, if there's a, is one maybe positive consequence that would come out of this, if this did come to fruition is the fact of you might get more two way players. This might be something where, organizations feel that they have to develop two-way players and not necessarily the Shohei Otani's or the Brennan McKay's, but in the mold of a Jay Cronenworth or a Michael Lorenzen, where you're basically a position player, but if you need us to throw one inning of relief, we can do that, or maybe two innings of relief. So that might be something that we see down the line as well. So if you had your druthers, if you could fix and resolve this DH issue for good, would you go with the universal DH Standard DH and AL only, which would keep, you know, pitchers hitting in the National League or the double hook in both leagues. You know what? I, I or you could do double I, hook in just National League only. That could be kind of a stepping stone to eventually getting uh, maybe that's you know, DH. Maybe that's kind of a nice little middle ground there. 
Maybe. Yeah. I think that's kind of the, 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 the essence of the double hook, right? It's, it's kind of combining best of both worlds. You have the DH, but as, but there comes a time when you're going to lose the DH and, and you're going to have to be a little bit more national league type with the pinch hitter and the double right. switches. I mean, yeah, it kind of combines it and, and that might be a nice resolution for both leagues to maybe adapt but, but both of them. But if I had it my, my way, I would just keep it look universal DH both leagues but I am interested into seeing yeah. how this develops in the Atlantic League for sure. There, there's enough things going on with the three better minimums. And like you're at, yeah. at some point, you're adding too many rules that like, how are we even like playing the game and navigating? And I, I oh, I messed up bylaw 12 13 Like it's getting, <laughs> it's getting yeah. unwieldy with, with and- some of these things sometimes uh even players have have voiced their you know rich hill said it put it very very um succinctly the other day uh, on that topkin article these mickey mouse rule changes they've got to stop the game the game has been the game for 150 years look i'm all for for getting the game better but you know, the three pitcher minimum is not making the game better. You know, uh, does the double hook make the game better? Do, do, you know, all of these little changes, like, can we actually focus on instead of, you know, appeasing the five to 10% casual fans that sometimes know what's going on in baseball. Can we actually try to appease the 75, 80% of, of, uh, you know, obsessed baseball fans like us that we really enjoy the game can can mlb actually focus on that the vast majority of 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 fans that are going to the games that are spending money on merchandise that are watching every game that are watching all the advertisements that that you put in between each inning and sometimes within the inning those are the people that mlb needs to take care of not not the casual fan i'm sorry they're not they're not focusing on their base they're not focusing no. on, you know, what makes them money and, and the support. It's like, uh, like Panera Bread. They're, they're selling pizzas now. It's like, no, sell bagels. Do, do what you do well. You don't have to try to be something you're not with that. Uh, okay, <laughs> we'll get to the moving the mound back issue. Uh, but first, we've got to tell you about a couple more of our good friends like Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So head over to the website or use that mobile device of yours to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Ring sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight 
and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Okay, Ulysses, so the other alteration here that MLB is collaborating with the Atlantic League on is moving the mound back. No longer 60 feet, 6 inches, but 61 feet and 6 inches, which I think the Atlantic League will deploy in the second half of a season. And from what I understand, basically, say a guy throws a 93-mile-an-hour fastball now, you move the mound back a foot, that 93 fastball basically turns into a 91 fastball. So the idea, of course, again, is to uh, curb the league's rising strikeout rate and increase the number of balls in play. So uh, Ulysses, what do you think about this idea? No longer, maybe, maybe no longer, we will say 60 feet and six inches, but 61 feet in six inches if uh, if MLB some sometime deploys this new rule at the at the big league level. I don't dislike this one either. I don't. Mm, okay. I don't. Uh, I know that um, for some things I might sound like a traditionalist uh, uh, regarding baseball, but uh, and, and 60 feet, six inches, like you said, is, is yes. kind of like, you know, one of the baseball commandments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it's an axiom, you know, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the mound, the baseball mound has been edited before. It has been changed, uh, as we all know. So, yeah. I don't see a, a bad thing with it, you know, touching a commandment like the, the distance to home because on that athletic, uh, you know, reporting by Jason Stark, he does mention that there has been a study with how catchers set up on, mm-hmm. on, on different pitchers and they can vary. Uh, it, it doesn't actually have to be 60 feet, six inches. I mean, these guys sometimes have a, 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 dispar- a, a disparity of, of three feet. The, um, depending on how they set up. So pitchers are already throwing than 60 feet, uh, six inches because of how the catcher set up either uh, uh, real close to the plate or not. So uh, the argument that pitchers haven't done this is, is, is kind of not true. They have been, they have been depending on the catchers that, that, of how they set up in, in, in the box behind the dish. They have been throwing more than, than 60 and six inches. So, why not do 61 and six inches if it's going to help the strikeout rate go down, if it's going to help more contact and, and pace of play. Pace of play will improve if the ball is put into play, not if it's just, you know, strikeout or home run like it is right now. So the idea is, say the mound was moved back to 61-6, that catchers would just set up closer to home plate to mitigate that disparity is that the idea well, no no it, I, I, what i'm saying is that already at 60 feet six inches these catchers have already been setting up in a way that sometimes they're they're farther they're they're three feet apart from what it is so and and the pitch will certainly get there and and they've had the movement so if the argument against moving the 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 mound back a foot would be well this could increase pitchers injuries well it actually won't, or at least it hasn't, because pitchers are, are 
already to, in this day and age throwing longer than mm-hmm. than than the 60 feet six inches so that the the thought the thought process of this is going to hurt pitchers it's i don't, I don't think it's um valid yeah i get that i i don't see how it helps pitchers though in any way and i know again we're trying to get the ball more in play but it there's already not. a crisis there's already a crisis of of pitchers getting injured and you wonder if this mindset of okay now we're at 61 feet six inches and my fastball goes from 93 to 91 or 95 to 93 maybe that internally forces a pitcher now i really have to let loose and overthrow and that might again an unintended consequence that might cause injuries i I do look i'm a little bit skeptical of this study that that mlb references because you can you can pay anybody to have to give you a study or, or you can cherry pick any kind of results. So you had a couple of college pitchers throw from different lengths of feet. Well, let, let's see how a guy yeah. with, you know, three Tommy John surgeries has done. Let, let's see what, what Bryn Honeywell thinks about this. Let's see what Rich Hill thinks about this. So, but this is uh, the thing, I think, though. yeah, this is not for pitchers. This is, this is an end type pitcher. I think every pitcher is going to dislike this, but every hitter is going to lick their chops knowing that that 98 is going to look like 96 now. And again, I don't think right now, I wouldn't really like to help anybody here in this case, right. pitchers or hitters. I want them just to compete. But if we need to help somebody, it isn't the pitchers. It isn't, it, there is no hitting ninja. There's a pitching ninja. Pitchers right, right now are ridiculous this day and age. Uh, and it's fun. And it's fun, but it's not helping the, 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 the product of, moving it along you need pace of play to improve if you want that strikeouts is not the way to do that it's contact and so you have to unfortunately help the the batters and this would help the batters i I think it's also a two-way street yes pitchers are are throwing nasty stuff and creating pitches out of a lab but also there's this there's been this philosophy of walker home run that that's all we want you to do and maybe if that mindset changed a little bit, and maybe these rules encourage the mindset to change a little bit, but there's still out there's still a lot of guys out there making contact and putting the ball in play. I mean, I think again, all these things have to be, and I'm glad that this is, I'd imagine, going to be studied and looked at for probably not just one season, but several seasons if the Atlantic League continues to do this. But at the same time, I also kind of feel bad for guys pitching an indie ball right now or pitching part of the Atlantic league, because you wonder like how many guys, there's a lot of guys that uh, MLB and and the Rays in particular poach from these leagues. And you wonder how their stats and how their numbers are transformed in a negative way because of moving, uh, moving the mound back. And you, you wonder maybe, maybe Nick Anderson wouldn't get that opportunity. Maybe Trevor Richards wouldn't get that opportunity. And also if there does seem to be some sort of added injury risk, like these guys, they're not making millions of dollars. I don't think they've got a great health insurance plan or or the umbrella of, of MLB or the union. So you're kind of, I mean, you're, you're putting all the onus on these guys, the most vulnerable guys that are just trying and scratching and clawing and finding a way to make it. And you, you just wonder the, the effects and impacts on that. So I, I know Rich that, Hill made some very poignant comments about the issue, but this one, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit skeptical of. 
I, I'm going to be that. Honest. I agree with uh, these guys are the, the least protected, the 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 least known, and yeah, they don't have great health insurance. Okay, so if something goes wrong, it's going to be bye bye to their dreams. So I agree with that a hundred percent. But I, I I do think that uh, you know if you're going to want to make pace of play your your motto if you're Manfred you have to study it you have to see how it would actually uh play out before you put it into the MLB I think unfortunately for those Atlantic League players that's them they're the guinea pig pigs like you said uh and that's unfortunate but it's gonna have to happen somewhere you you can't just implement this kind of change um this type of radical change to MLB without you know seeing it how it affects and two you said how the numbers would affect a a a pitcher in the Atlantic League sure I'm, if if it does what it's intended to do yeah they might their strikeout rates might might lower they might uh you know walk people less them they might get hit more um exit velocity is going to increase sure all the all the bad things are going to have happen to the pitchers but the best thing about it is if they have all of that information for that one player then they have it across the league and so there's a way that you can kind of um standardize the change across the league and then see okay what was it actually meaningful for this guy or is it just in line with everybody across the league so i i wouldn't see really a big problem with you know a ryan thompson in the atlantic league having a super high exit velocity after the change was made because if that happened across the league then it's a wash right yeah and you just wonder with again some of these guys with their arm angles and movements how again even moving the mound back a foot how much that changes maybe it it turns a guy like you know Colin Boucher maybe he's no longer effective from that extra foot compared yes. to the the traditional mound and again that this is something they've been playing off 60 feet 6 inches for their entire careers basically and now making a change like this i just uh not not a big fan of, but Ulysses, you seem amenable to the idea. You're you're actually like on board somewhat with Rob Manfred. How about that? I have to send him an email, let him know that Ulysses doesn't hate every single one of your ideas here. How about that? We, yeah. we might, or, or or was this more Theo Epstein's idea? I don't know. Maybe it's Epstein that that, yeah. that pushes them, I, and then then Rob steals the credit there. I think Manfred gets the credit, but I'm 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 sure he's not the brains of the operation here. Uh, look, I, I again, I don't dislike either of them hardcore, but I do have questions. But I I think those questions can be answered if we see them being played out. And unfortunately, yeah, it has to be the guys in in uh, in the Atlantic League, but it has to be done. Uh, you gotta fix, you, you can't have four and a half hour games, Kevin. I mean, this is ridiculous. You can't also, it's really boring to see your lineups strike out 15 times. Yeah. My goodness. Like, I mean, but enough. also like enough if you're increasing enough. the amount of hits and balls in play, couldn't that also extend games too? like, that's the other thing at some point, like what's your objective here? Like you might not be able to have your cake and eat it too. If you want to get more action, more balls in play, but that also might mean, longer games. Although I guess if you have a really entertaining three and a half hour game, that's better than, you know, a game that's three to two and you had a couple home runs and that was it. But the game was still three hours and five minutes. That, that could be the, the, exactly. Point there. 
we would like to see a little bit more Tatis diving catches and, and Acuna uh, robbing a, a, a double or a triple. Yeah. You know, that's exciting. Putting the ball in play and letting the fielders do their job. I think that's exciting. Seeing 15 strikeouts uh, across the board. Uh, look, look what happened the other day with Randy Rosarena. I mean, six at bats, three hits, three strikeouts. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's the strikeout rate is just. It, it, it's an explosion right now. And Kevin, the, the ball changes haven't really affected the game as, as much, at least in the first three weeks. And I know it's, it's it, the sample size is small, but, you know, Sarah said, you know, you, instead of doing all these little changes, the ball, if you can actually change the ball, make it heavier. So the launch angle, the exit velocity, the strikeouts all lower themselves, then you can have a more calm base you know, baseball game. But the issue is MLB does not want to, they want to have their cake and eat it too. They don't want to sacrifice the home runs, but they want to eliminate the strikeouts that you can't do. So, you know, Sarah's wants to have a heavier ball. Is that his idea? He says a heavier ball would decrease exit velocity. It would decrease the power because it would be more difficult for the, for the pitchers to, to throw a heavier ball than a lighter ball. The lighter ball, it's easier for them. To because, so the, not only is the exit velocity from the hitter still increasing, but pitcher speed is also increasing. It hasn't dropped off at all. So you need yeah. to get those down in a way that you could do that is having a heavier ball. Again, I, and that, that's something that absolutely would have to be studied as far as arm injuries and things of that yeah. nature. Again, I, look, Eno Saris, he's a great writer. He's very, uh, very smart, very intelligent, but messing around with things like that, you've really got to have like some scientific, uh, you know, some kinesthesiologist or something that can really break down of maybe it, maybe it turns out it very well could be possible that it prevents arm injuries. If that's fine, that's great. But like, yeah, I, we, we've got to kind of study on it. some of those things. They got to yeah. study it. And I know that these rules are, you know, all over the place and it seems like that. And it seems like the un- unintended consequences uh, and the intended consequences are, are, are so many Kevin. So the, the game is, is good. You have to fix it. And, and I think the way that you can fix it is by trying stuff out. And I think Atlantic League, I'm sorry that it has to be you. You're the guinea pig. But I would rather, you know, those guys do it first than MLB just saying, we're moving the mound back. We're doing the double hook. And by the way, the ball is heavier. Like, no, don't do that. Well, moving the mound back, if if that helps anybody, it would probably help a guy like Tyler Glass now with his length and extension. That's where you can kind of make up that difference. There would probably be more of a priority of guys that are six foot six foot six foot seven and really really long uh, strides and things like that. So mm-hmm. look here, here. I, I've, I've said I've solved baseball before seven inning games, hundred game season. That's it. Dude. We're done. Games? Ex- expanded we playoffs. What about perfect games? You'd still count for seven innings. I mean, it'd be seven inning, perfect, perfect game. Really? I, we, we can't even get scoring, right? Like that Willie Adamas air was ruled a hit. So like, let's, yeah. let's, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're, we're changing things up the top of that. Okay. Uh, we went long here, but I thought, uh, fun discussion. So, uh, okay. That wraps up this edition of the locked on Rays podcast. Uh, remember check out our networks, NFL draft coverage, uh, partnered with odyssey 
Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.